All right, welcome into the Couch Guys Sports Loose Change Podcast. Nick is back. I am back. I missed last week's show. We have Lauren on again and Jared, of course. And we have a very special guest this week. His name is Michael Hurley of CBS Boston. Michael, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, no, of course. So I told you, I told you off air that we had a funny story to tell you about because uh, we just went through something very confusing. So I texted you asking you if you got a call from us. You said no, uh, which makes sense because the guy who picked up the phone call originally sounded nothing like you. Uh, apparently, Skype defaults to Afghanistan if you don't select oh. the United States. Yep. So, so Jared, Jared, our producer, 100% just made an international call to Afghanistan and... <laughs> I'm just going to guess. I'm going to guess that guy in Afghanistan would have been very confused if we started asking him questions about Tom Brady and Carson Wentz. I don't want to start on like a negative note where I basically diminish what I'm going to say here on this podcast, but I guarantee you that that guy would have had some better takes <laughs> on the National Football League. Yeah, I would I would pay to listen to what he had to say. So it's almost a shame you didn't keep him on and just dump me, but well, I'll do my best. No, he was he was very confused. When he when he picked up the phone, I went I went, hey Michael, and he was like, hello, He's hello, like, Peter, 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 hello, hello, who is this? <laughs> and he just got frustrated. It's a missed opportunity for you guys, yeah, big time. You know what? We should You're be right. We'll call him we back after. Hit. We'll call him back after. That's fine. Yeah, we have his phone number. It's the same you as yours, wanna... just Afghanistan. <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah, if you ever want to talk to somebody internationally, just call your phone number, and you're going to get that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. Maybe we're like <laughs> brothers, you know, separated, you know, five five ways through. You know, we're connected in some way. I'll figure it out. <laughs> hey, so jumping obviously into the uh, Patriots. My one, my big question that I have for you. I want to lead it right off with that. So the big debate, and and I'm gonna lead it off with this kind of like a uh, a different question that has to do with the MVP race, mostly because. The Patriots, they're going full Patriot mode on us right now. They're, there's not much drama going on because there's never drama with this team, and they are rolling over their competition. So there's not, there's not too much drama to get, your, to get a lot of opinion on, except for this. This is the question I really wanted to ask you. Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, the big MVP conversation. Who, I guess to put it in simple who do you think should win that MVP? Because Tom Brady leads most categories, and then Carson Wentz has him in touchdowns. So I wanted to get your opinion on that. If you had a vote, who would you vote for? For me, it'd be Brady for a lot of reasons. And, uh, I mean, the the only reason to vote for Wentz is he's new and he's exciting and he leads in the league in touchdowns. But in every other important category, Brady is not only better than Wentz, but significantly better. I, I want to say he has an 8% better completion rate his passer rating is something like 10 or 11 points better. His interception, uh, touchdown interception ratio is obviously the best in the league. He is, you know, leading the league in yards, yards per game. So the, the really the only buzz for Wentz is that he's sort of revived the Eagles and he's been better than expected. And he has been awesome. I mean, uh, the Eagles have been maybe the most fun team to watch this year uh, all around. But it's it's the only reason Brady wouldn't win is because people just sort of are – tired and worn out from Brady being, you know, the best quarterback in the league. But frankly, the man doesn't have enough MVPs. Uh, he, he deserves at least two more. And so it would be a good way to sort of make up for that. But, you know, sort of a wild card. And I don't think he has a chance 
because voters are sort of traditional and they pretty much pick the best quarterback and the best team. But the MVP this year is Russell Wilson because the man has accounted for 85% of Seattle's scrimmage yards and 96% of their offensive touchdowns. It's it's almost, I mean, if, if Wilson wasn't playing for them this year, they might be winless. So I, I, that, that's my uh, outside-of-the-box thinking. But if you ask me between Brady and Wentz, it has to be Brady. Okay, so... With Brady conversation, obviously it seems like, to me anyway, the Eagles are pretty much the favorite to go to the Super Bowl unless they completely screw themselves over. And in the AFC, it's really Patriots-Steelers in most people's eyes, and Mike Tomlin has already come out and even said, hey, we're excited, we're expecting a dogfight in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. Do you think that is the biggest difference between these two organizations? Because in my eyes, it is. It's They don't know how to keep trust and just do their job. There's, only, there's still, what, three weeks till the Patriots even play the Steelers in the regular season. Yeah, and most teams, it's not just the Patriots, most teams, you know, have a strict no bulletin board material policy because it's just, it, it brings on an added level of, of inspiration during these, you know, grueling months that teams can sort of, uh, you know, look into the way they want. And to me, when Mike Tomlin starts talking about week 15 when it's week 12, what, I, what stands out to me is the two games in between are the Bengals and the Ravens. Teams that A, play with an edge, B, hate the Steelers, and C, have been known to take a, deep, a cheap shot or two. So I'm kind of looking at the Bengals this week to, you know, show some level. I mean, it's Monday Night Football, it's national TV. There's going to be some level of animosity where it's sort of saying you're already looking forward to Week 15, uh, you know, and a little bit of extra shove, an extra hit. The Bengals obviously have some uh, characters that are willing to, to dole out those hits. So I, I do think that's something that could uh, if anything comes back to Mike Tomlin for those uh, comments, it would be that. So, uh, yeah, you would never hear that here or think of that here, and it's probably the smart way to do it. That's not to say it's the only way to do it. I don't think Tomlin's comments really affect the Patriots, but I do think in those next two weeks against divisional AFC North opponents, it could get a little nasty from uh, players that didn't really like hearing that. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that that's football for you. And staying you know, in the AFC, obviously... Um, the Giants, we know Eli was benched and everything. Um, I mean, I think we, we kind of know how everyone's starting to feel about it. But my thing is, is do you think he'll be with the Giants next year? Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? Like, what's Where does he go from here? Uh, well, he's, he's definitely a Hall of Famer, and that's not to say he's one of the, however, 25 best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, just the way things work, I broke it down pretty thoroughly today. There's a lot of quarterbacks in there that, that have much worse stats in some that have even less accomplishments than Eli that are in there. I mean, Bob Greasy might be the worst Hall of Fame quarterback of all time. Troy Aikman had pretty bad regular season numbers. He's in there with his three Super Bowls. Uh, you know, John Elway's numbers aren't even that exceptional when you lay Manning's next to them. Eli will be in there. It's just the two Super Bowl wins against the Belichick-led Patriots, and the last name helps. So he'll be in there. I mean, people should just start accepting it. I know people are doing with pretty much everyone said no when I put it out there as a question, but he will be in there. And as for his future, it's a really in flux, and it's really up to the owner because I don't think Ben McAdoo survives this year. He's an absolute clown show. <laughs> and I feel like they, it would take a lot for them to move on from Jerry Reese at GM. The Giants don't like to change GMs, but the team is in such a bad spot. The offensive line is a mess. There's just no life on that team. They've just really bottomed out. And so if they come in with a new GM and a new coach, I would think they, they cut ties with Eli, in which case... The obvious two two windows for him to join would be Jacksonville, where Blake Bortles is terrible, and Denver, where they have no quarterback, and John Elway could, you know, work his magic for a late 30s Manning revival, which he's done before. So 
Uh, I, I think, you know, Eli has a few years left in him. I don't think he's as good as his brother, but uh, I, I think down in Jacksonville, if they had a competent quarterback, they might be right there with the Patriots and Steelers. So with the way that defense is going, the idea of Tom Coughlin reuniting with Eli uh, and with that defense they have is pretty exciting. So uh, I, I kind of want to see Eli go down to Jacksonville and, and make the AFC pretty exciting. You know, I'm not going to lie. I hate the Giants. I can't stand them. And at first when I saw Eli got benched, I was like, yes! I was so jacked up about it. But then I saw that press conference or with him by his locker, and he was, his lip was quivering a little bit. Oh, I was a I, tearjerker. tearjerker. I, I was a little rattled about that. You know what? I mean, I watched that too, and to me, I just saw this meek sort of, okay, I guess. It's just sort of like, you know, he got told he wasn't starting or he could start for a half and not play, and he just sort of accepted it. And to me, it's like, can you imagine any Hall of Fame quarterback, some super competitive guy just being like, okay, I guess you can take the ball from me. I was actually bothered by that because, you know, imagine Bill Belichick sitting Tom Brady down four years ago when he's 36 and saying, Tom, uh, you know what, we're going we're gonna to take a look at Geno Smith. Sorry, you're not, you're not playing anymore. Brady would have, you know, started a public fight and refused to give up his job, whereas Eli just sort of rolled over. And that's, I, don't know, I, I think, a more, they're taking advantage of Eli's kind, gentle nature because uh, even like a guy like Phil Rivers, all right, Phil, you're sitting down, he would have a conniption and he would fight and stomp his feet and refuse to give up the ball because that's what these guys do, but not Eli. So it's very strange for him to just give it up. And then he's presented with the opportunity to start for the first half and come out at halftime. What if he takes that opportunity, goes 13 for 17 for 180 yards and throws two touchdowns? They're going to take him out at halftime. They're going to they're gonna look like the clowns. So I, I'm disappointed that Eli just sort of rolled over and he's going to collect a $21 million paycheck from the sideline. You know, you mentioned Philip Rivers, and I get the feeling that if that happened to him, people would be dead. People would die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there'd be an earthquake. <laughs> so going to the Patriots' backfield, we've seen uh, since since his return from injury, uh, we know we missed a couple of weeks, Rex Burkhead has really taken over, uh, I would say, that number one role for the Patriots as their lead running back. And because of that, you've kind of seen James White's touches diminished do you think that's going to be a trend going forward are we going to be seeing less and less of james white as the year goes on in your opinion it's a good question i mean the the, the thing is the way they built their running back stable is it's basically injury proof you can lose a guy for three or four weeks and you really don't miss a beat uh the problem if you want to put it that way is that none of them are injured so you have gillisley inactive for a couple of weeks in a row uh, and it just it changes, you know, that's what the dynamic is. It's going to be uh, whoever's playing the best, and Lewis had his first 100-yard rushing game, despite Burkhead having a big game this past weekend. So it's, it's really those two. I mean, I don't think I'm the only one who sort of cringes every time Deion Lewis gets the football because you kind of just are looking with one eye closed, waiting for a, a hamstring to pop or a knee to tear, uh, just given his history, his long history of injuries. So I really don't think it's a problem because, you know, James White hasn't been necessarily like a primary number one back in the past, and yet you saw in the Super Bowl where he had, what, 10 catches or 14 catches, I forget, and he was, you know, basically the co-MVP with Brady. So I don't think the way that they use it, that the guys necessarily have to be number one every week. I think it's game plan, it's week-to-week specific, and so, you know, next week it could be White, the week after, or it could be Gillisley on a cold day in December, you know, so I think they will spread it out, and I think it's going to be a little bit cyclical, and, you know, if they can all stay healthy, then that's just a huge benefit for the Patriots. 
So, Mike, with the Pats' offense, though, um, people are obviously, and it's obvious, they're not 100%. You know, Hogan's not there, Amendola's not 100%. You never know with Gronk, but he looks good at this point. But one guy a lot of people are forgetting about, just because he's been on IR, is Malcolm Mitchell. And I'm curious what you think, because there's, there's conflicting reports. He obviously posted on Instagram about coming back, too. But, like, do you think he's actually going to come back? And if so, what does he do for this offense if he does come back? I mean, it's hard to gauge if he'll come back, but if anyone does come back off IR, it's going to be him, and I think he would be really, really important because obviously Hogan, you know, that was expected to be two or three weeks or four weeks, and it's taking a little bit longer, the shoulder injury there. So they're thin, and we saw it in, I want to say it was the, yeah, it was the Mexico City game against Oakland when Amendola and Amendola was out for a minute, and so was uh, someone else. Blanking on they they were down to basically Dorsett and Cooks as their only receivers, and uh, it was uh, it was an issue. So they're really thin there. It's fine now when the people that are healthy are still there. But uh, Mitchell, what stuck out to me is that in Super Bowl Fifty One, Brady Brady looked to Mitchell five times in the fourth quarter and completed all five of them. Three of them were first downs. One was on third and eleven. They gained twelve yards. They had a pretty special rapport with that rookie receivers almost never have with Brady. Basically, going back to Dion Branch, uh, you have to go back that far to find a rookie that connected that well with Brady. So uh, Brady liked him. I think Mitchell fit in well. I think it was even more impressive considering Mitchell missed the whole preseason with that gross elbow injury he suffered versus the Saints in the first preseason game last year. So he would be a humongous addition, I think. It wouldn't be, you know necessarily eye-popping numbers if he were to come back, but he'd probably have three to four catches every week for between 50 and 65 yards. That would really sneakily be very important. And, uh, you know, you never know with Amendola. You don't know what Hogan's status is going forward. So that is, that is definitely somewhere that they could definitely use an addition there. Yeah, and you know now that the Bills are next on the, on the Patriots' schedule, and obviously Brady missed practice today. And as you said, you never really know Amendola with, and Gronk, like how they're going to essentially be um do you have any concerns going into buffalo when we take on the bills honestly it's hard to really drum up too much concern just because i thought the patriots played mediocre not their best against miami and they ended up winning by 18 points so i mean i know the bills just just beat the chiefs and that's all well and good but prior to that they had given up something like in the three weeks prior to that, they had given up 45 points a week. So you have Tom Brady playing the best football of his career. You have Gronkowski, who always kills the Bills. It's it's hard to really get too worried. And Tyrod Taylor is, is what he is. He's not going to really do too much. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine the Bills making this game. Now, there is that annual cough that the Patriots have every year where they lose to a team they shouldn't. It's generally in the division, so... You know, you have to be on the lookout for that in the next two weeks with the Buffalo and Miami games or even the Jets on Christmas Eve. So you have to just imagine, based on history, that they'll lose one of those just sort of randomly. So so that is always at play, but it's really hard to assess this game and see the Patriots not winning. All right, Michael Hurley of CBS Boston. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael F. Hurley. Michael, really appreciate it today and hope we can get you back on at some point soon. Yeah, thanks a lot and good luck in your uh, callback to the uh, Mike from Afghanistan. I think he's going <laughs> to bring the fire. The hot takes yeah. will be flowing. Yeah, we'll let you know. He, he seemed like he really couldn't understand us when we said hello, but, you know, we'll, we'll try to get through that language barrier. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. <laughs> All right, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. All right, see ya.
Michael F. Hurley, CBS Boston, at Michael F. Hurley on Twitter. All right. Now, that's the most professional we got to be when we got the guests on. We got we to gotta smooth them out. We don't want to scare them away. Maybe we can get them on in a little bit. Oh, I just got a work text message that distracted me. That's we'll, get one. we'll get them on for a Super Bowl preview when the Patriots are there. Oh, big time. And you know what? I think I think we have to bring back one of our other guests that we have on relatively frequently, uh, going back to the ESPN days. Oh, Jerry I, oh yeah. I think we got to get Jerry back on We'll get Jerry on. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry seems like he's always willing to come on whenever we ask him. So it's you know you know I was I was a good intern for him you know I just cut up all the audio that he had that he needed yeah sure it was your uh, cutting up audio ability the audio on this good side yeah yeah <laughs> no it was I did great okay I did great I four and four Dale and Holly four you made four WWE yeah, great again is that what you're saying uh you know the ratings did go up when I was there coincidentally I don't want to say it was me but it was you it might be it might have been. Okay. Okay. Let's be real. It was Kirk Minahan. Kirk Minahan is the reason that they're on the top right now. But uh, regardless of what you feel about Kirk Minahan, I will say this: I think he is the number one radio personality in Boston, easily. I think he's bigger than Felger. It's Felger versus Kirk. It's close. They're one and two. They're one and two. If Portnoy was still but, in Boston. He's number one hands down, but he's not in Boston anymore. Portnoy. No. Listen, I like Portnoy. wasn't wasn't great on air. Kirk Minahan, I think he would have been top three, but I think Kirk and I think Felger would have beaten him. Oh, yeah. Wow. But, you know, he's up there. Yeah, and you know what, Dave? In, plus, Portnoy is actually good now. Um, plus, because he just got a whole radio, radio station on Sirius XM. They yeah. gave him a whole fucking station. Oh, yeah. Believe me. People in Massachusetts would listen to that guy. They, they would listen to him, like, fart. It was they People <laughs> worship that guy. Still do. Worship him. Still do. Yeah, they still do. Which, you know, they should. The guy's built an empire One bite. in New York. One bite. Literally, you say one bite, you know that's going to Dave Portnoy. Um, but Kirk Minahan, number one radio personality in Boston. Uh, other news. The other news segment. Let's kick it off, baby. All right. Nate Ebner <laughs> tore his ACL. Fake punt. Done for the season. We'll talk about the fake punt later. Uh, Nate Ebner, done for the season. Ladrian Waddle also got hurt during the game. Who cares? Marcus Cannon should be back kind of soon. Um, but you know, till then you get Cameron Fleming, who I don't really, I kind of put Waddle and Fleming in the same, uh, sphere as talent. Uh, Darren McFadden has announced his, I wrote accounted, has announced his retirement. <laughs> oh, and fantasy football teams are saved everywhere. Yep. Because you're going to fall for that every year. Like I did in 2013 same. and I drafted Darren McFadden and he did nothing. And I got this, I had this jamoke. I had this fool. On Instagram, when I posted that, uh, the picture earlier, I, I posted the Darren McFadden one. I wrote something about ruining your fantasy teams or ruining your fantasy football season and your teams. And I get this jamoke from Texas who was like, he was great for us. He ran over a thousand yards when DeMarco Murray left. Man, I didn't say he was bad for the Cowboys. Okay, I didn't say he was bad for the Cowboys. I said he sucks for fantasy football like he always does. He's awful in fantasy football. Read your That's buffoon. Just Read. That's a fact. Well, he's, he's from Texas. True. They're a little okay. slow. There are big things going on in Texas, but they're all a little slow. Yeah, big things always going on in Texas. And D. Rose is now contemplating his future in basketball after his recent injury. Okay, first Derek, topic. For, ever- hold on, hold on. Poor Derek Rose. 
Like, oh god, I Derek Rose. I wish Derek Rose was still good in this league, and I don't care who knows it. Derek Rose was a sensation his MVP season, and that dude, yeah, I mean, he's made out of glass. If that dude wasn't hurt, what that guy would have been? Yeah, but who cares? The guy's a the guy's a baby. He would the okay, he would have made Chicago like basketball town all over again. He did yeah, the year he, he was MVP. They were on top. They were. He would have, but year. I also. I also kind of hate it because LeBron wanted him to come to Cleveland. I don't understand what LeBron was doing this year with his team. I know, like, like when we're seeing it right now, you know what? F it. Let's transition into basketball because that's what we're going to talk about anyway. <laughs> the Cavs are rolling right now. They started off tough. They struggled a little bit. But we're seeing what LeBron James is because he's a freak. The guy is a freak. If you built the perfect athlete, it's LeBron James. That's a fact. That's a fact. And as much as I hate the guy, but what was he doing with building this team this offseason? Because I don't care about the general manager. I don't care about who the head coach is. LeBron runs that team. Minus Kyrie Irving because he decided to get the hell out, which was his choice. Mm-hmm. Why would you bring Derrick Rose, who you know is you know is not going to play the whole season, right? You knew that going into it. And Dwayne Wade and put him on the same team. Why would you do that? Makes no sense. I don't know. It's it's weird to me. Like obviously, like you said, LeBron James runs this team. That's it, it's a fact. It's not an opinion. And I don't, maybe he thought the whole Derrick Rose coming to Cleveland. He's like, oh, he'll play a whole season with me. Uh, no, because he's gonna trip and fall over something. He's gonna hurt himself. And look where we are. And it's so hard. We've seen it before. It's so hard to have three big names like that compete really well together on a team. It nine times out of ten, it's not gonna work out. And like you said, LeBron James runs this team, and Kyrie was very lucky to get out of there. Well, I think the problem shining in Boston. The problem with Cleveland is two of those stars in D Rose um, and, and D Wade both are washed up. Like D Wade is old, and he can't. I mean, he can still kind of play here and there, but like he can't be the guy he was in Miami when he was playing with LeBron. Like that's what they're trying to recreate, and it's not going to work. Like even if they did get past the Celtics and they went back to the finals, they're going to get smoked. Celtics have a better chance of taking a couple games and making a series out of it against Golden State than the Cavs do. They're going to be pantsed. They will every single their pants are going to fall down on the court. It's not even going to be a question. Golden State will pork them. It's not even a question to me. That's they if they stay- get through OKC. I love OKC, man. That that is going to be that's a fun time I like, to watch. I like OKC too, but I don't think they're being Golden. Just like the Celtics, they beat Golden State once. I don't think they're doing it four times. Oh, uh, but seven. seven games or six games of Durant, Westbrook, John going forehead to forehead. Oh, that'd be epic. I'd, I'd watch. I don't beautiful. I, I see. I see Kevin Durant as such a freaking puss. Like it's. Oh, he, you knew he was a puss as soon as he didn't come to Boston. He yeah, went to I don't... Golden State to play with Steph Curry, who just beat him in the Western Conference Finals, instead of coming to the Eastern Conference to take on LeBron, come to Boston, and build a legacy for himself. As soon as he made that decision, you knew he was a big puss. Yeah, and because of that, like I, I see the trash talk. A, I see Russell Westbrook dominating him in that game. And B, Kevin Durant's trash talk is probably so lame. It's probably so weak. It's probably like, hey, buddy, you stink at basketball. Hey, oh, Russell, guess what? Your mom it. didn't make you dino nuggets last night. Suck it. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Woo, LeBron, was that a good one? Aha, uh-huh. yeah. Like Did you did you thank your mom in your MVP? No, you didn't. Oh, are you a meme now? Oh, go screw, Kevin. Kevin is such a freaking puss. I wish you would hear this podcast. Eh, do I? No. No, because that'll yeah, burn do. me on no, one of we'll, his burner we'll, accounts. We'll, ta- we'll tag him and everything. And then he'll mistakenly tweet it from his real account. So it's okay. It's whatever. You'll know it's him. And that's another reason he's a puss. That that whole incident that was bananas. 
That was I mean, fantastic. let's be real. You, you know, okay, but you know everyone does that. He's just one of the ones who idiotically didn't check which account Dude, he was tweeting from. You got to be careful. Twitter's a cesspool, and if you screw up, you're done. Your life can end on Twitter, just like that. Just like that. You could be the it villain. Can. Yep, real quick. And you got to... And if you become the villain, you got to own being the villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to fight. Twitter Twitter's my favorite place to argue. Uh, you yeah, know, it is. <laughs> we're going to get back to that later. Because because it's bananas how like people think that they can beat me on Twitter. I I just don't lose Twitter arguments. I I might be Floyd Mayweather of Twitter arguments. I will wear you oh, down. Okay, so you're a puss and you just play defense all night on Twitter. Oh my god, yeah. If you read my Twitter fights, yeah, I am defensive and then and I wear you down so you don't want to answer me anymore. You did you did exactly that with one of my followers uh, last week. I think it was over over the Lavar Ball thing. And Which one? I fight with people who comment on Lawrence thing. Oh, it's <laughs> so funny! It's so entertaining. Funny comment. How Lauren's got a great Twitter following, by the way. She gets response on everything. And I and I fight with all the guys. It's I love fighting. Oh, it's we're just great. slightly a little bit of protection for Lauren. That's all. That's all we're doing. It's just like that's having a like having a bunch of big brothers, even though y'all are younger than me. But that's exactly yeah, but what most, it is. But most of the time, they're not even like fighting with Lauren; they're agreeing with Lauren. And I don't come at Lauren; I come at those people. Who's yes. the guy? With the, who's the guy? Who's the frumpy looking guy with the long hair? The frumpy looking guy with the long hair. Give a Twitter uh, handle. Shout him out. Give a Twitter handle. Come on now. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you argued with him? No, I just want to know who he is. Cause I see him comment on your stuff a lot. He might have a crush on you. I don't know. I think he uh, was on. He might have been on TV. I think that might be his cover photo. I'll go do some There's research. A, I have a lot of like people who like specific people who respond to me no matter what. Like I could say like I could, I could say the Earth is flat, and like one guy would be like, "Yes, absolutely, I love you so much." Like here, let me let me DM you for the third time in the last five minutes. I love you. Oh, like, who is who is the guy that I was fight? Was that the guy you were talking about who was in your DMs too? Yes, yes, that guy. Yeah. That guy, I wish I could recall what we were fighting about. You, but me and- he was mad. He was like, oh, he's like, Lamar oh. Ball's being ungrateful, and President Trump helped him get out. He should be grateful, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, and then he's like, what, what, why don't you go ask Trump if he helped? And you're like, no, I could say I made mac and cheese, and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah, that is what I said. He, he was like, he was like, well, you can't trust your president. Or something like that. And I was like, dude, I can tell you I'm doing something right now. That was the whole point of that. I was like, I can tell you I'm doing something right now. Like, tweet tweet to you, I'm making macaroni and cheese. I was at the gym, but you don't know that. You have no clue. I remember walking around the gym typing that and then lifting some weights. I was so jacked up about it. I was it was like a second boost of pre-workout in my body. I was getting <laughs> so I was getting so frustrated with that guy. And then Lauren sends me over these DMs that he's sending her, which is hilarious that people actually try to do that. Like what do you like if okay, if you're gonna slide into somebody's DMs, you gotta do it on Instagram. That's my personal opinion. Twitter's just too much of a cesspool for sliding in someone's DMs at this point. Oh, yeah. Twitter nobody Instagram DMs. Lauren, Lauren, no offense, but Twitter's nobody's hot on Twitter. No nobody. Except me. Everybody, everybody, nobody. No, I'm Lauren, Lauren. I love you. I'm not even gonna give it to you. Okay. Damn nobody, it. nobody is hot on Twitter. You can't. I don't no. think it's possible to be hot on Twitter. No, like, because because everybody, no. in my eyes, when I'm on Twitter, everybody's a villain. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> people. You really are. No matter Mayweather. what, damn. No matter what, if you tweet, I hate you. I fucking can't stand you. I hate what you said. Even if I agree with you, I hate what you said. For whatever reason, 
the little person inside of me. And it's just like this, too. Whenever I have a microphone in front of my face, I just want to argue. So it's kind of like that, this, and Twitter. It's the same thing. When you give an opinion, for whatever reason, there's a, there's a switch in my head that goes, okay, F that opinion. I'm going to flip it to this opinion, which makes, which makes for great Twitter. I'd, I'd imagine people read my Twitter fights a lot because they're happening all the time. And you know what? Let's, let's roll back into the Celtics quick. Let's roll back into the Celtics quick. Because <laughs> Nick that, could talk that, about himself for four hours, so we're going to talk <laughs> some basketball before this happens. We can talk about the Celtics quick because that, uh, I had another argument with one of Lauren's Twitter followers that I want to talk about, but that's in the next topic. So Celtics, they've lost two of four since the streak ended. Uh, they looked like ass. Their defense looked like ass against Detroit. Dude, Detroit's Holy legit, though. Like, it's not like it's a bad team. They are. They, they're you a know what sneaky mean? good team. But they looked like their defense couldn't do a thing. Like, even even if they held them to 100, that's still what I think they should have held Detroit to. But they let up 118. Yeah, that's bad. That's a lot. 118. Well, I mean, they were walking in. Horford had cement in his shoes. You know, I, every time I watch Horford play, it's like, I, I love the dude. I think he's a great player, but damn, I would not I would do that trade that's been popping up in a heartbeat, sending him and Jason oh, Tatum. Oh, talk about that it. first-round pick, you know, I would do that in a heartbeat because Horford's great. And I think he showed his deficiencies against the Pistons. Don't shush me. Rude. Shush. You can shush me. It's fine. I like you enough. You can shush me. Um, look, <laughs> here's the deal. He showed some deficiencies. He's not. He's a good defender, but he's not the greatest defender. And a guy against a guy like oh Drummond, God, against slow. you know what I mean? Oh. It's just, he's too slow. He can play offense with Kyrie. Great. He's better than he was last year. Great. I'm not saying he's average out because I think he's above that. And Lou Maloney, you can go screw because I think you're wrong. But hey, well, I'm a big Lou Maloney guy. Oh, I am big too. Lou- when he's talking baseball, other than that, he doesn't know anything. But at the same, oh no, all the time. I'm yeah. a big Lou Maloney guy. Nah. Hours I'm, I'm going to back my guy Patrick Gilroy on that conversation. They went back and forth. Oh my God, times. Patrick Gilroy has to relax. Oh, I love that dude. I, dude, I did post game. I did Celtic stuff have, with him with ESPN, dude, and CLNS. He's a good dude. He knows his shit. You would have thought that Lou Maloney insulted his mother. That's how he works. It, it works. He got clickbait, right? He's, he's getting his name out there. It's working. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But dude, like, he's that only, was like 2 a.m. on EEI. You can't blame the guy. Yeah, that's true. To be honest with you, like I am a very avid. I'm an EEI guy over the sports hub. Never listened to him in my life. No, I n- could not tell you his voice. I only try to listen to him because I like have worked with him. So like, if I'm up, I'll turn it on. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Name dropper. All right, keep going. Uh, hey, let's, Gilroy. let's Gilroy. What's up, boy? I love you. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about the Anthony Davis thing since you just want to. Actually, no. Before that, I wanted I wanted to bring up one player. I don't know if I've missed this guy. But what the fuck was up with Tobias Harris? That guy Tobias. was not missing. Was not, Tobias? Tobias. That guy was not missing. On uh, when did they play? What night? Monday. Monday. Have you not heard of him before? Like are you under? Rock? I don't. I've I've heard of him, but I didn't. <laughs> he wouldn't miss. He would not miss. Every time the ball left his hand, it was in, and you knew it was going in. Twitter was going crazy. That was fun. That was a fun read through all those. Everyone was just like, same thing. He won't miss. He's not missing. He's going to get 100 tonight. I was like, goodness. I'm like, I'll just well, see what this hype is about. He scored like 30. So, like, I mean, yeah, whatever you idiots didn't get. But 70% of the way there, you morons. But <laughs> that guy just would not miss. And it was like, it, it, that's all, that's all that le- that's left. Yeah, just keep talking. I, that wasn't meant for you to react to. I just wanted to know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a reactive person. Jared just told me you only have 10 minutes left, which is bananas. Um, 
No, they couldn't do it. They couldn't. It was one of those games where even if you played great defense, I don't think you were winning that game because Detroit just their shots were dropping. It was one of those games. It was you knew they, early. You knew early you watching do. that game. They went on like eleven two run or something stupid like that, and you knew right away that they were playing for Avery Bradley, hands down. Because the first Avery, shot, was, Avery, the first Bradley score was Avery, Avery Bradley didn't want to be, leave here. He never wanted to leave here. And after it all played out, he didn't even have to leave because I mean they didn't know they were going to trade for Kyrie. But after the Kyrie trade, they had room for Avery Bradley. They could have kept him. And imagine if he was on this team. They did. But look. I think that this is one of those situations. They beat the Pistons. The Pistons beat them last year, I think, too, when they came to the Garden. It doesn't matter. They're still a better team than the Pistons. And overall, they're still going to be the one seed. And this NBA is pre-scripted. So we're going to end up in the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland. Just the way it is. The season's over, Jared. Get over it. Okay. Right, we're we're next, Patriots fans, right? Shifting, we're going to the Super Bowl, shifting. right? Hey, I, said, I said we're shifting. I said <laughs> the conversation's <laughs> over. <laughs> right the Bruins tonight are playing. <laughs> against oh, we're Tampa. talking hockey. Oh, God, I might leave. Yeah, we're talking hockey. Lauren, Lauren, I will. Yeah, but this is the first interesting topic that's came up. That's true. Lauren, Honestly, how long is the season going on right now? A couple months. This is the first yeah. time we've talked hockey. Yeah, we have never talked about hockey yet this year because the Bruins have been. The Bruins have been. This might be the most boring hockey season I've ever witnessed. This in my topic life. is juicy, though. I like it. I'm good. It I'm is. good for it. Anton Hudobin versus Tuka Rask for the Thank goalie you. position. Tuka is playing tonight, which I find asinine against the best team in hockey. Same. I Anton, the Bruins have not lost in front of Anton Hudobin yet, and the Bruins, as a team, look worse with Tuka in. And Tuka himself, his save percentage is just below nine hundred. It's ugly. let me let me let me tell you guys, people listening who don't watch hockey, if you aren't at nine hundred, you should not have a job. You should not be in the NHL. Yeah, no. The guy's playing like ass. And if one more person tells me that Tuka won a Vesna trophy years ago, suck my ass. I don't care about years ago. My God, I don't care Was about years Malcolm ago. Wasn't Malcolm Subban over like 900? Like, it's just... Yes. Like, yes. I don't care about years ago. I care about now. I care about what's going on right now. I I'm, think intri- it's- I'm intrigued by Lauren's take because she's literally the only person on the show who actually watches the Bruins regularly. And, and I watch them. I just, they're awful this year. I, I mean, they're, they've been better, but I can't watch them this year. They're so boring. All right, Lauren, you tell me. I'm on Hudobin's side, as you know. Same. <laughs> I am, too. I don't. And it's not that I don't I, you like. Know, I'm on Rask's side. Well, listen, listen, listen. It's not that I'm anti-Rask. I, I do like him. Oh, no, I'm anti-Rask. Anti-Rask. <laughs> he sucks this year. He's three and nine. This year's now been two years. It's been a few years okay. there, big girl. Come on okay, now. well, he's he's really, really, really bad this year. And you, ha- I don't, okay, I get he has to start at some point. I get you can't keep putting Kudobin. I thought it was Kudobin. The more I know. Kudobin? Um, <laughs> I love Kudobin. That's, that's a new one for me. Um, but no, I, you have to ride the hot hand. So, I mean, I was all on the side of they're gonna they're gonna put him in net until he has a crap start. So I'm thinking like you know he lets up you know four or five goals or whatever. And after Rass started on Sunday, he didn't look. I mean, he didn't look terrible, but he didn't look good. He hasn't looked good all season. And going back to last season when Cassidy took over this team, this team is twelve one and two maybe under Hudobin twelve. And I don't care about the last number. You're 12 and one with your backup goalie. Why isn't he getting more of a chance? I and it, and I get it. Rask won a Vesna in 2013. 
Roman sucked last year. He's proven you know, he's gone elsewhere and he can't be a starter. Okay, I don't, I don't care. You do it game by game. You ride that hot goalie until he sucks again. You need points. You're fourth in the Atlantic Division. You need these points. You're going up against a team in your division who's really good. You need points. And you have David Backus coming back tonight. You have Brad Martian back in the lineup. Why are you not playing the goalie who's better right now? David Backus so, came out of nowhere, by the way. Did not expect Gets half of his stomach removed. Um, and he's like, nah, I'm good, guys. That's, that's hockey. That's freaking hockey. You get, that's you can like have Greg your Campbell heart removed on one you're leg, playing. Middle of the game. Like, that, that's that, that play. That was like, who was it? Was it Rich Peverly when he played for Dallas? He died for oh, a yeah. second in the locker he room and tried died. to come back out. Like, his, heart, his heart stopped, and he was like, get me back on the ice. So what's the score? Can I go back out there? Are we winning? Can new, I do? Get me a new heart. Put me out there. <laughs> Get so, me a wheelchair. Hockey players are tough bastards. I don't care what anyone says. They are tough bastards. Oh, Tuka absolutely. Rask was an, signed an eight-year deal. He's halfway through it. He's now making That's, seven and a half million dollars a year. He thanks, is Peter Shirelli. Only halfway through that deal, it was, it was an eight-year, fifty-six million dollar deal. He's with this year included. He still has four years. He doesn't become a restricted free agent until two thousand and twenty-one. Kill me. And Lauren knows, like, I am so anti-Tuka. And this is this is where I got into a fight with, um, I believe his name is at Real J. Kennedy, right? Was that his J- name? J. J. Kenny, I think it J. is. J. Kenny but, from, yeah. uh, from Dirty Water Media. And which, you know, I respect, I respect Dirty Water Media. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I respect this guy, too. I, you know, I'll fight with whoever you want. But... It's just some of these people just for whatever reason they cannot accept that Tuca is not a good goalie. Okay? He was a good goalie, he's not anymore. 2013 he was insane. 2013 yeah, he was They should have won goalie. the cup that year. They were more They should have. Like and they lost in the first round. Uh but guys, we have to accept it. Tuca's not that good anymore. He's just not for whatever reason the team will not play hard in front of him and he just he kind of just Watching him, it seems like he just puts his body there and hopes the puck hits him. Oh, and I sure. get it, and I get it. And this was the basis of Jay's whole argument when me and him got into it on Twitter. He was like, "He's got one of the highest save percentages of all time, or active players in the league." And I was like, "Okay, guy, cool." But what about this year? You know, what about this year? It know, doesn't matter. Hugh Dobin is the better goalie right now. I'm That's convinced it. it's because Close's not here, and I think it's because. Rask benefits from a system where he doesn't have to do that much work because he's not that good. Where and it's all defense-based. It's all defense-based. Yeah. And, yet, yeah, last year, Claude was here for ha- for some of the year, and at that point, players had tuned him out, so no one was really playing well in his system. But when Claude was here and had the locker room, you know, by the balls, Tuca was good because the defense was responding, they had some talent on the roster, and they could play in that system. And that's what Tuca's built for. He's not a flashy, save type guy. That's why Tim Thomas was so good, because he needed defense in front of him to do well, and he had that when we won the Cup. It's crazy. It, it blows my mind like how pro-Rask Boston is and Boston fans are. And I, I said this in the article I, I wrote on Tuesday. that I tweeted out a couple weeks ago, like, oh, like Boston could, is Boston riding the hot-handed goalie to open up a trade for Tuca Rask? Oh boy, did I get my head shoot off. I had people like, I thought like I was going to get death threats. They were so on Tuka Rask. And, like, was one of them Jake Kennedy? <laughs> no, actually, no. I, I was actually very surprised. And it was just, you know, mention after mention of like, you are dumb. Like, you're just an idiot. You don't know hockey, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, it was a what if scenario. Like, it was 
Like, it was a oh my god like you guys are insane and this is exactly why we nobody can have a good goalie conversation is because people like you and it's an it's a, the craziest part to me is that it's just so clear cut that tuka is not playing well and hudobin's the better goalie this year that's it that's it it's it it blows my mind that people won't accept that and going back to that the kennedy guy real quick before we change topics over to the patriots so I subtweeted him. Lauren knows this. I subtweeted <laughs> him. Uh, was it like late last week, maybe after Hudobin scored again? Uh, they, I saw like a stat of Hudobin's, or I mean Hudobin won again. I saw a stat of his wins over the past like year and a half, right? So I t- I quoted that and I tweeted that and I put and I put in quotes above it. I was like, but but Tuka's got one of the highest save percentages of active goalies right now in his career. He's so good, man. <laughs> And and I was subtweeting him. I was like making fun of him from that argument. It was like a lighthearted thing. And then he tweets at me, and I it, he he commented on that tweet, and he just came at me. And I was like, oh fuck, wait a minute. I clicked on his profile. The guy follows me. So like I had no idea he was gonna see that tweet. I thought I was just. Gonna, <laughs> I mean, to, I would have tweeted it anyway. Dude, people are so defensive. I know, but the, like I you you I would have tweeted it anyway. Like oh, yeah, I don't you, care you don't if he's care. gonna see it. I don't care if he sees it, but I just it just like it took me it shocked me when I, when I saw when I saw his Twitter handle pop up and reply. I was like, "How the hell did he see this already? What did somebody?" I, I was like, I was kind of pissed at Lauren for a second. I was like, "Did Lauren fucking send this over to him? Like, <laughs> is Lauren in cahoots with this guy?" Come so on. this this listen, real Jay Kenny, I I I don't want to start a war with you, but you do. Okay? But hey, I'm I'm here for you. If you ever want to talk, if you ever want to chat, my DMs are open. Uh, Patriots, we're gonna have to go over the time limit, Jared, for a little bit. Patriots, uh, I mean, honestly though, even with the Patriots, there's not a ton to talk about because the winning. Patriots have they're winning. They, like winning. I said to Michael, they are rolling. They're just doing Patriot things right now. They and they have division yeah, the rest of the way. Like <laughs> Buffalo, oh, yeah, Miami and then Pittsburgh. it's minus Pittsburgh, it's Buffalo, Miami and then Buffalo, New York. With Pittsburgh in you the middle. What? That's it. You want to you want to scrap the Patriots right now. They've won 7 in a row. Uh they beat the Dolphins 35-17. Gostowski looks like he's back and they're really freaking good. And they're really good in the page in the fake punt in the first quarter where Nate Ibner tore his ACL. Uh it was it was minus the torn ACL. The fake punt was wild. I did not expect that. But Love, you know, Bill Belichick got it. You got to expect the unexpected, and we're going to talk about this real quick again. And I don't—I hate rehashing this topic over and over, but it's the most interesting topic in baseball right now. It's Stanton. It's Giancarlo Stanton again. I was going to bring up somebody up, else. Put this Jose Abreu. Yeah. You know, put but put the baseball stuff at the end, okay, in the title, so people don't see that at first. Because I don't want to keep talking about Giancarlo Stanton. Why don't but you want to talk about baseball? But I do want to yeah, talk about you, it, Nick. Baseball. But I do want to talk about it, but I kind of don't. But I do. That's because you, know you want Stanton in a Red Sox uniform. <laughs> you know you know who I just was? I was Rob Gronkowski. So Stanton, Stanton real quick, uh, quick topics on him. is I wrote a blog this week that the Marlins actually might have some leverage over him because, and I didn't even think about this before. This came out of the Miami Herald. I, I want to say his name is Clark Spencer, who is the writer. Uh the Marlins warned Stanton, listen, you might not want to use that no trade clause because you are going to hate this team even more than you do right now because if you don't get traded, we are going to dump all the other contracts that we have, all the remaining good players. I think that throws a very interesting wrench into this because 
if that's the case, then Stanton might have to reevaluate or might have been reevaluating. And that's why Boston might all of a sudden seem like an appealing place to him because he knows that he has a chance to win big here. And I think that's very good news for the Red Sox. And if very, the Marlins want to actually deal with the Red Sox, if Jeter wants to talk to Dombrowski and say, hey, like, let's make something happen, we can talk about with him later. Like, then it's, it's a valuable option. Now, I want Stanton here, but like, I wouldn't turn down Jose Abreu, J.D. Martinez. They're smarter op- there are smarter options. It doesn't mean it's entertaining. I want the entertainment. I want... I want yeah, John Carl Yeah, me too. And the drama. Can you imagine Derek Jeter's first big move is to the Red Sox? Stanton to the Red Sox. To make Sox. it Stanton. To make it Stanton Judge for years to come. I can't wait. I, I can't wait well, for that's another thing. Like this is like really good for the rivalry with the Red Sox and the Yankees. I want Stanton here, obviously for his bat and what he can do on the field. I want him here for his bat. Hey, <laughs> big swing in Stanton. Yeah, big, big dick Stan. <laughs> I, I just want to give a huge shout out to the caller on Felger and Maz the other day who said, like, oh, I don't know why like, people want Stan. I hear he has a big dick. I, I really want to give a shout out to that guy. I was, oh, I love it. it. He said, it it he said no, no hesitation either. It was okay. great. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I obviously want Stan here for a million and one different reasons. Uh, I need a new jersey. I want his great marketing. His jersey would be uh, top of the sales, no doubt. And he... You want to put butts in seats? Get Stanton here. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Stan, Stanton's a marketing dream, and that's and his his advisors even told him his advisors want him to come to Boston. That's a thing. That's a report because the Stanton versus Judge rivalry would be huge for him, and the marketing aspect for him to be a Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park, it would be astronomical for him. I'd be at every game. Insane, absolutely insane. Every I, I would buy season tickets. Game. Literally, might buy season tickets. Yeah, yeah. no, I, w- I would not do that. But you can Lauren, have my other one, Lauren. We can split. Them. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, I'm not gonna. I won't pay. Okay, can I not pay? No, screw you. You can buy me. You can buy me beer. That's fine. Perfect. Nine well, nine fifty. No, if Stan comes, it'll be like twenty dollars a beer. Got to pay for salary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's. That's another thing. I keep hearing people say like, "Oh, why do you care about the money?" I care about the money part of it. Because the Red Sox already jack up ticket prices and beer prices every year. I'm not looking to have that happen again oh, next year. they don't year. want to pay for a salary. They're going to make us pay for it. Oh, yeah. And we would, too, because we're a bunch of morons in Boston. Yeah. Uh, but another option that came across today was Jose Abreu. Chicago White Sox, the Red Sox, and White Sox have engaged in talks about that trade happening. And if that were to happen, that fills your hole at first base and... In my opinion, you, that you then have to go out and sign JD Martinez. Yeah, I think I think Obreu and I think J, um, like those kind of players are one A's to if you get Martinez and not Stanton. If you get Stanton, then you're going to have to rely on like Sam Travis or someone like that to play first base or Hanley every other every or so often. Hanley's maybe, not going to play maybe, first. Maybe you bring Mitch Moreland back if it can't get figured out for him somewhere else. But um, Jose Abreu was a free agent target a couple years ago, the Red Sox, and they lost out. So maybe now they just they still like the guy, obviously. So I wouldn't hate him here as a first base option. But you're right, though, Nick. If they do get Abreu, if they were to do that, J.D. Martinez has to be on this team because that's the only way to make it worth it. Abreu last year hit 304 with 33 bombs. If you add him and you add J.D. Martinez, all the power that you were lacking, it's there now. Because now you still, have, you still have Hanley. You're not. You're not. I mean, who are you giving up for Abreu? Nothing crazy, because they're 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 dumping. They're they're they suck. The White Sox. So you're giving up maybe maybe Jackie Bradley. Okay, 
Bye. Baby, please, God, been, please, God. Like the last like two years, I've been calling for him to be traded, and it never happens. Like one of these years, I'm gonna be right because I'm just looking crazy. I'm just gonna keep saying it because well, it's gonna happen eventually. Just well, like the Red Sox World Series champs, I'll keep saying it year after year. It's gonna happen. Jesus Christ! And if, if, years if our later. Homer C, if our Homer CLNS team, if like half of us pick the Red Sox again, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> uh, but no, Jose Abreu at first base. That kind of takes the pressure off of Hanley, too, which I don't know if is entirely a good thing because Hanley needs, in my opinion, Hanley needs the pressure uh, to be able to perform well. But if you add him at first base, you trade Jackie Bradley, you move Benintendi over to center field, you keep Mookie in right because right, right field's so big and Mookie can really play that well. And I think that's tougher to play than left field. And I think J.D. Martinez could play a good left field at Fenway Park and play off the wall. So if you do that, if you make those two moves... Okay, and I think these are smarter moves than Stanton. If you make these two moves, I think you are a better team next year than you are than you were last year, this current season that happened. And I think you have a big chance at winning uh, the World Series or going to the World Series because you have the power that you need. Guys, all I want, all I want life. Well, that's all they were lacking. The only reason why you couldn't beat teams this year is, and you lost in the first round again is because you couldn't hit the stupid ball over the monster. Which is nuts because they were the balls were juiced this year and they couldn't do it. They were juiced. They were made to go further and they could not hit a damn ball over the fence. It was so hard to watch. It was so hard to watch. It was terrible. And you got combined with those two. Combined, you have seventy-eight home runs. And make it a hundred at Fenway. Seventy-eight. Make it a hundred at Fenway. Okay. And maybe fine. a grand slam. And maybe, and maybe a grand slam for the damn team. Who knows? Guys, the goddamn balls be okay. juiced. Who do you think's hey, who do you think is more important though? If you only could get one of those guys, JD or Abreu, who's more important? JD. See, I think it's Abreu. Abreu. You got Please. a hole at first you got a hole at first base and you still have power there. That fills both needs. Don't, don't put anybody at first base. Hard. Don't put anybody at first base. Just throw the nothing. Just Yes. Have, have Dustin. You're gonna have Dustin Bedroid just field the ball and sprint to first or have like Yeah, or have, Vasquez. Have Vasquez. Vasquez? Vasquez is a workhorse. Vasquez will run up the line every play. I Vasquez. actually love, I agree. I'm okay with that. I love Vasquez, so he can do whatever he wants. Vasquez advocate over here. Oh, I, I got, a, I got oh, a massive Vasquez big, in my pants. I'm a big Vasquez guy. I'm a big Sam Travis guy. I'm a bigger Sam Travis. And plus, love I'm a him. huge Sam Travis guy. Bryce Brent's coming up this year, maybe. That, see, there's a lot of guys down there that can play. We're good. Don't forget That's about right. Brian Johnson, no, my love. Screw you. You're getting, he's getting engaged. You're getting married. Who knows? Brian Johnson. Lauren. Me and, Brian, me and Brian Johnson are like totally a thing. Lauren right, and Brian, a- 2019 wedding. We're all invited. Hell no. yeah. That's, I'm pretty sure he's married. And uh, and Lauren, you would be then considered a home wrecker. Couch Guys Sports <laughs> Loose Change Podcast, episode number 36 in the books. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out the site, couchguysports.com. We have a big announcement probably, probably next week. I'm going to go take care of some paperwork right now, right after we get off the show. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Our Twitter's been blowing up recently. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Rate and subscribe on iTunes, baby, if you like the show. I, actually, I don't even care if you like the show. Just go rate and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. <laughs> Shout out to Hurley, too. Shout out to Michael Hurley at Michael F. Hurley, CBS Boston. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night.